Today's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, leaders in the 1987 to 2018 Wrangler parts and accessories. Extreme Terrain makes it easy to mod your Wrangler by providing you with the expertise and customer support from a bona fide Wrangler expert. Stay tuned later in this episode for Extreme Terrain's announcement on their latest video titled, Why You Need to Snorkel on Your Jeep Wrangler. Today's Jeep Talk Show is also sponsored in part by Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts. For over 20 years, Tom Woods has been providing the off-road industry with some of the strongest, most durable driveline upgrades there are. If you're in the need for the world's best under your Jeep, well, stay tuned later in the show to find out how you can get 10% off your entire order between now and the end of June. Until then, head over to www.4xshaft.com to start upgrading your ride now. Oh, and check that purchase when it arrives for a bright, shiny new Jeep Talk Show sticker. And don't forget about Route 16 Off-Road, veteran-owned and operated and community-focused brand, Route 16 Off-Road, works hard to get you the best deals possible on the parts and accessories you want. Let Route 16 help you find that next replacement part or upgrade. Check them out, Route16.com. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. And brace Tony, didn't you find out something interesting about the JTS subscriber base today? Well, Josh, I did, and I'm pretty damned excited about it. Uh, We recently had several uh, new subscribers. Uh, I believe Tammy has a list of names. Tammy, can you uh, tell us their first name, last initial uh, only, please? You know, we don't want their spouses finding out. (laughs) Uh, Well, we have Dwayne K, Mark D, Ed K, Ryan H, Craig O, and a special shout out to Shane B that has been a subscriber since February of 2017. Yay. And I'm going to get this out of the way now before Tony gives me grief later in the show. Yes, this week I was rocking the red, wearing red, and I even turned red this week. But it's not what you think. Ooh, red jeeps are sexy. <laughs> it's his first step, Tammy. I'm so proud of you embracing the red no 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 it's not what you think you thought you were going to get away scott clean by uh by admitting it but nope sorry let's go caps (laughs) local jeep news national jeep news and news from around the world it's this week in jeep and this week in jeep is brought to you by amazon.com looking for a way to support the show i bet you are well just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash amazon and a small fraction from anything you purchase using that link will go towards supporting the jeep talk show if you like what you hear have gotten any benefit from what we do here then please consider giving back that's jeeptalkshow.com slash amazon and thanks in advance well the new grand cherokee has been rated as one of the worst in recent crash tests Jeep Grand Cherokee was among eight SUVs the IIHS, or the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, recently subjected to its small overlap front crash test, which mimics a particularly violent and dangerous type of collision. Unfortunately for Jeep and for Ford, actually, they were the only ones to earn the rating of poor, the worst of four possible ratings in this test. 
In this test, a vehicle is propelled at 40 miles an hour and strikes a barrier with just the outermost part of the bumper on the passenger side. It's designed to mimic the impact of a vehicle with another car or a tree or a pole with just the outer part of that bumper. The passenger compartment on the Grand Cherokee during this test was crushed inward during this test. The crashed test dummy's head sunk into the front airbag so far that it actually hit the dashboard. Also, the side airbag failed to deploy while the driver's side door just plain opened. That allowed the dummy's head to move outside the vehicle. Well, and you know that's not going to end well. Leg injuries were seen as likely and head injuries were seen as possible. In a statement regarding these recent test results, FCA said all FCA U.S. vehicles meet or exceed federal safety standards and are engineered to address real-world driving situations. No single test measures overall vehicle safety. The Grand Cherokee did, however, get a point back when it earned a rating of marginal, the only the second worst rating possible, <laughs> when the same crash test was performed on the driver's side of the vehicle. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety is a private group financed by the auto in insurance industry. The crash test it performs are different from those mandated by the federal government and are meant to be used as a basis for future safety improvements. Now, I personally think they ought to do a test with one of them 700-horsepower Grand Cherokees and, <laughs> and hit that damn thing with some effort. Damn you know, it. Full 120 miles an hour. Just go ahead and just cheer that whole side of the vehicle plane off. I'm saying 180. Now, I think this is the, the best uh, advertisement for uh, a aftermarket bumper that you could give the Grand Cherokee. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that one because, you know, that, that type of thing would drastically change yes. the outcome of, of this type of test. Oh. Now, this is all you based on stock vehicle equipment, mm -hmm. how the vehicle is, is equipped from the factory. And like FCA's, you know, re report said, you know, not any one single test can accurately measure the overall safety of a vehicle. Now, we did mention that this is a duplication of a crash that is typically extremely violent. We're talking about like a vehicle crossing the the double yellow line on a two lane highway, you know, or um, you know, on a uh, on on an arterial road, uh, somebody coming over into your lane or something like that, or you falling asleep at the wheel and you know, oh, last second, there's that pole, and there you go. So you know, that's what this is supposed to mimic. Now, whether it does or it doesn't is up for speculation, but it obviously really points out some flaws and, and some other design characteristics uh, as far as, you know, crash goes, crash safety goes in the Grand Cherokee. I mean, with the airbags failing to deploy, that's obviously, you know, sensors not firing or, you know, a redundant system not doing what it's supposed to do. Or, you know, even with the door opening and other things, it's just, it's a lot of really good information for engineers to, to review I think we're going to see possibly 2019 and 2020 models of the Jeep Grand Cherokee addressing all of these and more. I, it, it historically, been one of the most awarded SUVs in history. Mm -hmm. I don't see something like this really being that big of a notch. Well, being in the engineering type area that you are, I, I'm sure you, you're well aware of how much pressure put into a smaller, uh, a small point like hitting a pole like what they were doing here. Uh, it's very difficult to have something that is resilient enough or spongy enough to take that kind of abuse. And, and it makes sense that the, uh, the body is going to deform. Is this a Grand Cherokee, a unibody? I, I, I don't remember. I could see the unibody deforming under yes. something like that as well. So, and the door pops open. Uh, if nothing else, this is great information for FCA to have so that they can, uh, you know, maybe tune the vehicle to that, like you say. So uh, perhaps it'll get better in the future. And I'm sure the, the soft, uh, the, uh, it's a software change they need to make 
uh, to get the airbags to deploy in that situation. Yeah, possibly. Or who knows what uh, what else is going on there. Well, speaking of things going wrong on a Jeep, now the 2018 Jeep Wrangler has at least one active recall. However, if you go to a site like cars.com or some others, you'd think that I might be lying. The truth of the matter is that there are actually four active recalls for the 2018 model year Wrangler. The latest involves the intermediate steering shaft, which may not have been properly welded during uh, fabrication, causing a split where the external spline is formed. If the weld seam splits and fails, the steering wheel may lose center positioning, causing a loss of steering responsiveness and increasing the risk of a crash. To date, there are only 539 affected vehicles in this recall, so I think it's safe to say that this one is going to be limited to the brand new JL models, but don't quote me on that. FCA will, of course, be notifying owners very soon, and dealers will inspect and, as necessary, replace the intermediate steering shaft free of charge. Recall notices are expected to begin going out sometime in mid-July. Well, what about the other recalls, you may ask? Well, the other three recalls involve the cruise control not shutting off, or in some cases, actually even increasing the vehicle's speed, with no response from the system when depressing the brake or the cancel button. Kind of scary, huh? Well, accelerating out of control into rush hour traffic is not your thing, well, then you might want to call the dealer to make sure you're not on the list. And as if being unable to stop wasn't bad enough, the second-to-last recall for the 2018 Jeep Wrangler is for incorrectly installed transmission park rods. This eensy-weensy little oversight means that when you go to put your Jeep in park and exit the vehicle, it laughs at you and goes for a joyride down the driveway and into the neighbor's living room, running over poor Timmy, who was just trying to deliver the paper. Just awful, I know. But wait, it gets better. And by better, I mean it can't get any worse than the last two, right? But the last recall involves the frame. Oh, goody. First, the Jeep is going to go into hyperspeed all on its own, and we can't stop it. And even if we do, providing we can still steer it, of course, it's just going to roll away anyways. And now there's a problem with the very structure of the Jeep. Really? Oh, the joy. In this last recall, the rear underbody ladder rail may corrode, possibly reducing the strength of the rear floor pan and causing the left rear seat mount to become loose. Great. So now I can't steer, I can't stop, I can't park, and there's a good chance I may just fall out of the seat and go Flintstones with my brand new Jeep. Hmm, maybe I'll just wait for the pickup after all. <laughs> Hoping that it's going to be better. Now, who was the uh, who was the Star Trek actor that uh, that passed away? Was it Yeltsin? I forget his first name. Uh, yeah, um, Anton, Anton. Anton Yelton. So uh, the Yelton. Yeah, thank you. So. Uh, <laughs> Now, that situation was the confusing uh, shifter for the transmission, and he didn't have right. it in park. Not having the, the, the rods for the transmission to lock in place would be another way for, the, the, for a Jeep to roll on you and trap you against the fence and kill you. How do you say it, Josh? Kill you. Kill you. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, the, now, these are, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, some minor oversights and really some minor problems. I am, yeah. for the sake of entertainment, blowing these things way out of proportion. But nonetheless, these are rather important recalls, and they should be addressed. Obviously, these are some serious safety issues. Nobody wants to be able to not control their Jeeps, speed or direction, especially. Um, so, you know, yeah, this is something that we want to pay attention to. And obviously, if you own a 2018 Jeep Wrangler, whether it is a JK or a JL, I think a call to the dealership might be in order for you in the near future. Just, you know, err on the side of caution. Be on the safe side and just find out if your vehicle is affected by any of these four current recalls. You know what I always say, if multi-million dollar news organizations can uh, uh, hype up stories for entertainment value, why the hell shouldn't we be doing it? 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, if you guys have a news tip or a response to any one of our stories, well, be sure to let us know. We'd love to hear from you. You can do that by phone or by email. You just got to head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us. Hey, guys, and coming up here later in the show, we got an interview with the one and only Pistol Pete Soren. I'm so excited. This is Steve, 4.3 LXJ, with another Jeep tip. And I'd like to continue with our series on the Dana 30 front axle. And last time we were talking about the uh, difference between a low pinion and high pinion. And uh, that you can just tell by looking at them. On the low pinion, the pinion comes out very near the bottom. And on a high pinion, it very clearly comes out the top. And if you have any other Dana axles to compare to, the, the part that holds the gears on the outside just kind of looks a lot different. So uh, that's how you tell them apart. Now, uh, we left off with the strength advantage, according to uh, Randy's Worldwide, uh, when I contacted them. And uh, there are some uh, other advantages that you get when you start going from a low pinion to a high pinion. And if you've got, for instance, a Jeep TJ or uh, uh, if you want to take all the bracketry off and put them on a YJ, the high pinion Dana 30 is much better for lifted applications. And there seems to be a, uh, a little difference between the uh, pinion angle in the original manufacturer's configuration between the low pinion and the high pinion. And what it amounts to, bottom line, is is if you're going to lift a vehicle, a high pinion is preferable because you're going to have a much better driveline angle. Uh, for instance, just the pinion end of the driveline will be about four inches higher in the lifted position than it will be with the low pinion configuration. Uh, you'll find the uh, high pinion configuration in... Cherokees, all of the Cherokees, in the uh, Grand Cherokees up to 19, uh, and including 1998. Uh, So you can swap them in between, uh, say, a 2000 uh, XJ, or you can swap those right into a uh, TJ, uh, the Wrangler, and uh, they just bolt right in. And all you have to do is make sure that you match the gear ratio. So with that, we'll leave it for right now, and I hope to see you on the trail. That's great that Steve mentioned that about swapping a uh, a high pinion uh, Dana Thirty out of a XJ into a TJ. I was I was actually going to ask you about that, Josh, to see if uh, if you knew because uh, you know the, our TJs because we have two of them now uh, both have. Uh, well, actually, I need to check the two thousand one, but. Uh, it should have come with a uh, a low pinion uh, Dana 30, and as well as the 2003 is. And I, I doubt very seriously that I'm going to worry about changing it out, but I, it would be nice to actually have a high pinion in there. And if you guys are going to the junkyard to look for an XJ with a high pinion Dana 30 to, to do one of these things, uh, look for a uh, 98 or 99. Uh, I think they changed it to the uh, low pinion in 2000 and 2001. They both are low pinion uh dana 30s so uh yeah i i just uh, that's why i always say the 98 or the 99 and i I particularly care for the 99 as being one of the best uh xjs that you can buy because it has all the goodies 
uh, that, uh, that before they started uh, screwing around with the head and having to fix the head and et cetera, et cetera. Now, the only thing that I would say to, you know, to pay attention to uh, from one to the other, and this is uh, uh, something that isn't going to, you know, be the end all be all of your, of your axle swap is to make sure that you're getting one that, that has the ABS set up. If, if your Jeep is equipped with ABS, you're going to want an ABS high pinion Dana 30. If you're Jeep does not have uh, ABS brakes, well, then you don't have to worry about such a thing. Now, even if you do find an axle and it's the only one in the junkyard and it's a high pinion and oh, it's just at a price that you can't afford to not go get, well, then they, all you got to do is pretty much just take your axle shafts out of your ABS uh, Dana 30 and put them into your non-ABS Dana 30 and there you go. You know, I love ABS. I love the idea of it, but uh, on the, uh, the Cherokee, uh, I would actually remove it. Um, yeah. and then get rid of that Dana 35 in the back and go with a Chrysler, uh, eight and a quarter. And, um, uh, like I say, it, it, it's nice, but if you're going to go off road, how much ABS do you need? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey folks, Steve 4.3 LXJ is a valued member of the JTS team and you can be as well. You can be a contributor to this show, have important information to save mankind or even the planet. <laughs> Call Homeland Security Got some juicy Jeep info? Then contact us. Just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. I'm sure uh, somebody's called Homeland Security on us a few times, Tammy. Uh, maybe you. <laughs> oh, I know not, you're not on the me. list. Yeah, yeah not, not me. <laughs> hey, folks, you know, losing a D-ring is one thing, but <laughs> losing a coil can just ruin your day. Josh has got the quick fix for that ejected spring syndrome coming up later in Tech Talk. You know what they say, whenever you, you hear springs coming, you might want to duck right after it. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And the Jeep Talk Show is just one of the many proud members of the 4x4 Radio Network. If you haven't been there lately, go check it out. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast. The Center Steer Podcast is there. The Trail, Chase po- Trail Chasers Podcast is there as well. Of course, you can find us there and our newest member as well, the On the Trail Podcast. You know, I don't know if you guys are aware. Tammy, you may be. Uh, did you know that uh, Dan, the 4x4 Podcast, is moving again? No, I'm so sad. Where now? What, is he going to the North Pole? Uh, <laughs> no, that was just around the corner uh, there in Alaska. Uh, but uh, he is moving to Southern California. SoCal, I think they call it. Now, so he went well, from I, Idaho, I think, to to uh, uh, Alaska, and now he's going to come down to Southern California. No, I think yeah, he was well, actually four states uh, after the Idaho, and then to like Missouri, and then to Alaska, and then. Uh, but you know, he's, the he's thing, just trying to. He's he's got one of those U.S. maps that you see on the side of uh, of RVs. He's got oh, that yeah. tattoo all on those, his back, and he's yeah, just trying to exactly. fill in all the blanks. Well, you know, you know, right. you know uh, Dan is a soldier uh, for the army, and he has to go wherever Uncle yeah. Sam wants him to go. So God yeah. bless him and what he's doing. He's uh, been overseas Indeed. several times, uh, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's sadly moving from Alaska. He loves Alaska, but. Uh, uh, he's. I'm sure he's going to wind up there whenever he's done with. His, I don't know uh, his why he's so fond of Alaska, man. He had he he's a victim of uh, some theft up there. I don't know, man. That state yeah. would leave a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth if uh, if I had gotten uh, gotten jacked like he did. Well, you know that uh, that pop up tent, the very expensive pop up tent oh, that, that was uh, like the, thirteen, fourteen hundred bucks yeah, for that thing. That, that he got stolen. You know what he didn't do, and we all suggested it. We suggested that he put a uh, stencil a four by four podcast right. logo on the next one. 
And Spray paint that on there. You'll never be able to not he, tell. He didn't do it. But anyway, check out the uh, the 4x4 podcast as well as the other shows. But uh, I bet you're going to be hearing some stuff, some some uh, uh, gnashing of teeth about leaving uh, Alaska. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of wheeling in Southern California or in the California area. Well, yeah, I wonder if I can talk him into uh, stopping by my neck of the woods again for uh, for a little visit on his way down. He he stopped in uh, to my, uh, my oh, hometown right. on his way out. Uh, and we got a chance, a very, very brief chance to uh, to kind of meet and greet for. I mean, I, I think we all had about maybe fifteen, twenty minutes together, and 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 then he was back on the road again. But uh, but yeah, Dan, if but you're listening, still, buddy, would love yeah. to yeah. love to have you back out again for uh, if, even if it's just another quick visit. I'd love to see you again, man. All these great friends I know, and I've never met them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you're one up I've on me, Josh. I've known this guy for years. Talked to him. Emailed back and forth. But you know, all the years, only 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 seen him for about twenty minutes. So. <laughs> shut up and listen. Shut up. And- so shut up. You don't shut up. Man, shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G Mama. Okay, guys, I'm going to take up a lot of time tonight because I have so much I want to discuss because... Well, I, that's all we have time for tonight, yeah. everybody. We're glad you joined us. <laughs> um, I, I guess I, I have to make up for all the last time since I've been taking so many vacation days. Um, but as you know, I've been doing some how-tos on my YouTube channel. So I'm going to discuss some magic buttons. And then I'm also going to tell you guys about my wheeling event that I've didn't get to tell you about last week because my son graduated from high school so I had the the night off. So anyway, the magic buttons in your Rubicon. I call them magic buttons but um, they're your off-road buttons and there's two of them in the Rubicon. And I noticed on social media that people were talking about how to use them and you would be surprised at how many people don't know what to do with these two buttons. And one of them is a sway bar button, and the other one is the axle lock button. And I know, you know, a lot of people know um, what this stuff does, but there's a lot of people that don't. That don't. So you have your sway bar button, and what this does, it disconnects your sway bars. You don't have to get out under your Jeep with your wrench. And I hear people banging all the time, or people to reconnect. They're jumping on the bumper to try to reconnect. You don't need to do that in the Rubicon. All you do is when you're in four low, you push the button. And there's a little light that illuminates on your dashboard. And when it's blinking, that means it's in trying to engage into this, in the system. And then once it's a solid light, your sway bars have been disconnected. Now to undisconnect them, I think that's how you would say it, you just push the button again. Now if you forget to push the button again when you're done wheeling and you go out of four low back into your regular driving because you're going to go back on the highway, the Jeep automatically does it for you. So there's no worries there. So easy peasy. Now the axle lock button, and this is cool because you can use it anytime when you're off-roading in four low. And I believe, yeah, you just, yeah, you can only be in four low on this one. Um, you can turn them off and on during different obstacles. And this button, it says axle lock. And then if you notice at the top of the button, there's like a little raised line. And at the bottom of the button, there's also a little raised line. 
And those are the two points where you would push the button. So if you want to lock your rear axles only, you just push the bottom of the axle lock once. And then if you want to add the front axle to it, you just push it again. And then you can't have just the fronts on. You can have the rears on only or the front and the rears. And then to unlock them, I guess that's what you would call it, mm -hmm. you would just push the top of the button. So easy peasy to use. If you have a Jeep manual, it's in the Jeep manual. It's the big thick manual. And not all dealers give you these manuals. So if you just go to the Jeep's website and contact them, they will mail you a manual. Or better yet, go to my YouTube channel and I show you how to do this on my how-to video up on my YouTube channel. Just search the Jeep Mama. So super easy to use. You'd be surprised at how many people do not know how to use them. And actually, there are probably hundreds of thousands of people out there who don't even know what any of those things mean, which is really kind of sad. So hopefully, if we keep educating people, all these Jeep Wranglers that we see will start knowing how to use their Jeeps properly. So now on to my second thing. So the first weekend in June, I went off-roading again. And there were so many exciting things that happened at this event. I, I really excited to tell you guys all about it. Um, I So many firsts. I got to use my new winch for the first time. <laughs> and it's a worn winch. Well, it's not really a winch, people. I know everyone got excited thinking, no, tell me about a winch. If you go over to any of my social media sites, you can see it. Um, we were wheeling and the Jeep in front of me, she got stuck on a rock. And so I was behind her and she she was just kind of, um, she couldn't go either way. So I broke out my recovery strap, which I have not used. It's It was a virgin risk recovery strap. We hooked her up. I just nudged her back a little and she came off the rock. So we were going to um, put the recovery strap back in my Jeep, but it was all muddy because it, you know we were on a muddy trail. And I remember in the past, I've seen people wrap their recovery straps around their bumper while they're off-roading. And I'm like, oh, let's just wrap it up and I'll take it off when we're done. So I just found it kind of funny um, because Tony gives me grief all the time that I don't have a winch. <laughs> and so I was taking pictures and I sent them to Tony. I'm like, hey, look at my new winch. And it worked. I didn't need a real winch. I just needed my worn recovery strap. So um, the other cool thing is... Hey, Rick, I know you're listening. That was so awesome wheeling with you. One of the Jeep Talk Show listeners came all the way from Ohio, which is wow. like, I think he had like a six-hour ride to, to wheel with me in my group. He We were on the blue trails. He was in his Rubicon Recon, I think he he had, and he was stock, and he rocked it. He like just barreled on through um, these trails. And the reason I think he did so good is not just because he's a really good off-roader is because of the color of his Jeep. Red, huh? Uh, yeah. He had a black, <laughs> well, I call it black. It's really- oh, a, a, it's, You're colorblind. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's gran it was granite. It's kind of that grayish color. Anyway, I just want to give a big shout out, Rick. That was so awesome finally meeting you. 
we've been friends on Facebook for a long time. He listens to the Jeep Talk Show. And that's really cool to be able to finally wheel with um, a Jeep Talk Show listener. Um, another cool thing, lots of cool things happening, is I got to meet the bearded Jeeper. I don't know how many of, of you guys out there are YouTube followers, but he's a YouTuber just like me, and he wheels up in um, New Hampshire area. Anyway, he came down and he wheeled at Crown for Cops as well. We got to meet. I did a little interview with him, um, and then he went over to the the big festival over there in on the other side of the state last weekend, the Bantam Jeep Festival. So, Tammy, I got to jump in here real quick. You yep. were, you were saying you finally got to wheel with a Jeep Talk Show listener. What about Nikki oh, well, G? What about uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the Route One Six folks. Yeah, that's what true. about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's but, people screaming at their their phone right now and people are thinking but, they're ins- insane but, what about me <laughs> but we've 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 talked to them on the microphone so that's a all right different. i just want to make sure but, we were yeah. clear on that it was just you get the everybody, everybody's was, remembered yeah, so i know i nikki g brian brian yeah i remember cpo I guess you're right yeah yeah I think that's true <laughs> sorry guys but see i've talked to them on Skype, so that's oh, okay. So it doesn't count. Yeah, gotcha. that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> so and the other cool thing is, I don't know, a couple episodes back, maybe a couple months back, I read a post that I got from a Jeep mom who was inspired by me and my off-roading, and she has the same situation as me, where she loves to wheel, but her family doesn't. Her husband doesn't like to go out, and so I inspired her to just go by herself. She drove out to Moab by herself and wheeled and had the best time. And anyway, I she came to this event too, and we wheeled in the same group. So that was really cool to finally meet her in person. And sadly, um, or good, it's a good thing, I guess. Maybe I did not drop any f bombs or swear words. Oh, we're just so proud of you. I know. So it's not and, the Tammy I know. I know, I, and it's it's my confidence is finally you know I'm I'm getting there. I'm oh, not, I thought it was uh, getting off the wine on the trails was oh, uh, was yeah. helping. <laughs> no, I it, it's just, and I think a lot of it has to do with Brian from Carolina Trails Off Road because he had so much confidence in me from watching me wheel in the videos. He knew that I could do those trails at Uwari, and his confidence in me and being able to wheel those trails, now I'm like, you know what? I can do it. I got to quit quit being so down on myself thinking I can't do this stuff because yeah, I don't can't. Second, don't second guess right. yourself. And don't shortchange myself. So that was really a good thing that happened for me. Um, so anyway, it was a good day all in all. Um, but after the day of wheeling, I was able to hook up with Brant He's the founder of this event. It's called Crawling for Cops. It's every year in June. And they raised $42,000 for the Maryland nice. and Pennsylvania chapters of concerns of police survivors. So this, this money is going to go for those families who had a spouse, a mom or a dad die in the line of duty. So it was a great, great charity. They raffled off a Cherokee that um, he had like seven companies who were going to donate and he started tagging these companies 
in the end, it ended up being like 35 companies wanted to wow. be part of this Cherokee. Yeah, the Cherokee ended up being worth like 40 some thousand dollars with all this stuff on it. It looked awesome. They also had other great raffle prizes. There were a ton of vendors there. Tony and Josh, I handed out lots of JTS cards, by the way. And um, I bought some grab handles for my back seats, the passenger seats. So in case I ever have a passenger ride with me, so um, they're safe, holding on. Tony and Josh, there were so many Jeeps there. There were over 500 Jeeps, probably over 600 Jeeps with the trail guides and the gunners. And it was so amazing to see all of them. And I actually have some videos on my YouTube channel, so you can go see that. And this event has grown into a really, really big event. Oh my God, look what you've done here. How yeah. does that make you feel? It makes me feel really special. Um, I started this event as a, in 2014, and it's just grown. Um, it, you never know what to expect years after years after years, but it's, uh, it's a pretty great accomplishment. And, uh, you know, I never know if I'm going to die in the line of duty, and I, at least there's a charity out there that will uh, take care of my family. Right. You know, if I pass away. Did you ever expect it to be this big? No. No. Not at all. Not in a million years. So, I'm glad it has. There's a lot of support out there for uh, law enforcement and uh, families of law enforcement. So, the, there's more support than <clears throat> being a police officer than we realize. So, a lot of awesome people out there that, that just support us and, and uh, what we do every day, you know, so it's, it's nice to, we, we only see the bad on media, we see the negative and we don't really ever see the positive, except for like events like this. Right, so you have this Jeep that you're giving away, did you ever expect <laughs> no. to give away? No, 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 this, this is uh, this is a test project. Um, a uh, buddy of mine that's a, a sheriff's deputy, he donated to our event and asked a couple of our companies that have sponsored us in the past they want to donate. And then as soon as I started tagging companies, more companies came on. And we had got 35 companies and the vehicle's worth about 42000 The work and parts put into it. So one, uh, one lucky person will win it today at 6 p.m. So one lucky person did win it, not me. Um, and that was Brant, by the way. He's the founder of the event. He's a police officer for Amtrak, and he started this event, and it's just grown so much. And next year's going to be even bigger and better, and I can't wait to, to see what's in store. And I've already started, uh, or I already signed up for the event. Well, I haven't signed up yet, but on Facebook, I said I'm going. So anyone else who wants to come out for the event, I'll be there next year. And it's like May 31st and June 1st. So um, go over to Facebook and just um, search Crawling for Cops. So Josh, I got to ask you, you're a, yeah. a Jeep Cherokee owner. Um, you betcha. If you had $42,000 to spend on a, a brand new to you Jeep Cherokee, do you think you could spend $42,000 on a Cherokee? <laughs> 
buddy. I mean, not installing <laughs> in, in kit one from Night Rider without without before my feet go to sleep. I'm sitting at the keyboard. I would have that that cache gone. Well, what could I, you? I, check, I checking mean, out the, Dana's no, I'm 60s, checking out the pictures. <laughs> I'm checking, out the pictures that they, they, I'm checking out the pictures of this Cherokee that they built, uh-huh. and I got to say, very nicely oh, yeah. done. No, it is. And I love that graphic they put on the side of this thing. Uh, yeah. If you guys want to you you, you see what we're talking about here, uh, check out Crawling for Cops' Facebook page and their Twitter feed. Uh, they got some pictures and some background behind uh, this build and, and what went into it and whatnot. And, and Tammy, uh, being involved in this, getting out there and, and shaking hands with these guys, first of all, thanks for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if, if any of those boys in blue are listening, we want to thank you guys for your for your service out there, for what you're doing uh, in your hometowns and whatnot. Um, but, uh, man, you guys did an amazing job with this two-door XJ build. Just absolutely stunning. I think it'd be fun to talk to Brant about uh, some of the shenanigans he's seen on Amtrak. I bet you there's lots of good stories. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine. I'll ha- I'll have to ask him next time. Yeah. I'll do that. And great job uh, on going out there, Tammy. I know you uh, you love going out there, but uh, going out there representing uh, the Jeep Talk Show is uh, is is very meaningful uh, to uh, to have uh, have you out there doing that and uh, just to be seen and uh, uh, going out. And you know, I think it probably with your uh, advancement in wheeling and getting your confidence up, pretty soon you're going to be wanting to paint your Jeep and uh, go for a brighter color. Oh, yeah, right. I for, and I, I, and I, for, I didn't say red. And I forgot to mention one more thing, and I know he's listening, and I'm trying to remember his name. I want to say it's Andrew. I wrote it down somewhere, and I'll look it up when I get off here in a second. But I am went there Friday. I went to see all the vendors, and I'm getting ready to get back in my Jeep, and I hear this person, Jeep Mama, Jeep Mama. <laughs> and I turned and looked, and... Um, this guy goes, I listen to you all the time on the Jeep talk show. And it's just so surreal it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. To for that to happen. But I'm going to look up his name and I'm going to say hi to him later in the show when I, I think it was Andrew, but I can't remember now. But anyway, coming up later in the show also is Nikki G. Can't wait to hear what he has in store for us today. So you guys are probably aware, and but if you're not, if you're new to the show uh, and you're looking at different ways to listen to the show, we're now on the Amazon Echo. You know her as Alexa. So you can uh, quite simply listen to all the, mo- the recent and even the past uh, shows uh, here at the Jeep Talk Show on your Amazon Echo. And it's, it's really, really simple to do. Alexa, ask the Jeep Talk Show to play the latest episode. Welcome. You can listen to all the episodes of Jeep Talk Show, a Jeep podcast, including new episodes, as they are released. For now, you'll start with the most recent episode, but you can change by skipping forward or backward. You can even say how many episodes you'd like to skip. So it's really simple. You just go over to your uh, Alexa skill app on your phone, enable the Jeep Talk Show app, and then just talk to your Alexa. Command your minions to play you entertainment. Well, we command you minions to give us a review every so often. Leave us a comment on pretty much any one of the places you can find us online. And, well, you can find that pretty much anywhere. iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio. I mean, pretty much anywhere where you can find us, you're able to find a way to leave us a review and, of course, drop us a comment. And we've gotten a couple here this last week uh, from uh, from Facebook. Hey, guys, very active on Facebook over the last week. Uh, Tammy, who do we got first up? Well, Parker S. gave us five out of five stars. Yay, Parker. He says, 
I just bought my first Wrangler, a JLU. Wow, that's weird wow. saying JLU. Yeah, mm-hmm, it is. Sahara. And it's black, Tammy. Woo! But have listened to the show since I first placed my pre-order back in December. I love the Jeep Talk Show because every episode covers a wide range of Jeep capabilities, whether you're into modding or wheeling, or you just enjoy a Jeep daily driver. There's something for everyone on this show. Every week, I feel like I learn more about my Wrangler and feel more connected to the Jeep community. Five months ago, I didn't know what a Dana axle was or what breakover angle meant. Today, I can competently talk shop with other Jeepers all because I listen to the Jeep Talk Show. I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of the Jeep Talk Show after each episode, despite Nikki G's jokes. (laughs) Oh, it was going so good. (laughs) Well, he's talking about Nikki G, so how bad is it? (laughs) That's great. What a wonderful review. I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention your jokes, Tony. Oh, mine mine are golden. You know, everybody loves my jokes. You guys uh, are just used to it. <laughs> that's a, that's a great review. I mean, the the fact that that somebody has gone from you know, hey, I kind of like a Jeep, you know, to to owning a Jeep, to knowing about Jeeps, and and being able to actually talk shop with other Jeepers and stuff, all because they listen to this show. I mean, that just tickles me pink. I, I don't know about you guys. I'm I'm feeling oh, it's all wonderful. warm and fuzzy. It's amazing. Um, Tammy, I'm afraid that we're going to have to get you to purchase a JL now because we really need some information to support these folks. So if you could just break the news to your husband that you're going to need to upgrade, that'd be great. Hey, they got a new driver in the house now. Uh, I think uh, about time to retire the the black Jeep, maybe get, maybe get a a new one. I don't don't know. I was thinking about replacing the BMW with a proper, uh, thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well hey we had another uh, person give us a uh, five-star review and a shout out jeff m dropped us a line through facebook uh gave us that five-star review and says love the show with more exclamation points than i can count and by the way jeeps are black i got a black <laughs> yj four inch lift and 33s oh you suck ups <laughs> so thanks jeff m for uh that awesome review and uh and for taking tony to task <laughs> That's all right. I know where red is. I'm sure of myself. <laughs> when someone says the word snorkeling, many would imagine swimming with a diving mask and fins, breathing through a tube, blowing bubbles, and observing aquatic life. Well, maybe some of our listeners wouldn't think of it like that exactly, but who are we to judge? If you asked a jeeper, you might receive a slightly different interpretation But at the end of the day, both examples can be used to deliver air when submerged. On the JK Wrangler, a cold air intake isn't truly a cold air intake unless it's drawing air from outside the engine compartment like a snorkel does. Which leads me to Extreme Terrain's latest educational video, Why You Need a a Snorkel on Your Jeep Wrangler. In their latest of information videos, informative videos, Extreme Terrain video host Ryan Huck highlights different types of Jeep snorkels, weighing out their pros and cons, and why you should have one on your Jeep. If you've ever played with your Jeep in the mud, forged a river, hung out in the Roush Creek's Pit Jr., or even thought about it, this is a video for you. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today or click on the link in today's show notes to see why snorkels can be both a performance and preventative modification. 
Tom Woods has been doing only four-wheel drive, drive shafts, and slip yoke eliminators for 20 years. As an American-owned and operated company, they provide solutions trusted by your average weekend wheeler, all the way to the rock-crushing rigs at King of the Hammers. If you have a Jeep, Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts has a solution for you. Using their in-house developed Gold Seal Universal Joints, you can count on the strength of your drive shaft at its weakest and most abused points. And if you're concerned about warranties, it doesn't get any better than their trail hazard protection. If a weld ever breaks, they take care of it. If a Gold Seal Universal Joint breaks, they take care of it. But also any damage to the drive shaft. Those other companies just put a new U-joint in your hand and send you on your way. Tom Woods loves Jeeps. In fact, he has three highly modified Jeeps, so he understands your passion, and so do his employees. Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts are always shipped complete, balanced, greased, and ready to install. They pay attention to the finest details, so you are less likely to run into any issues. If you've ever experienced drive shaft problem, you know just how important this is. When you research custom drive shafts, there is just one name that tops all the list, Tom Wood. Trust them with one of the most critical parts of your driveline. And from now to the end of June, you can get 10% off your order using the exclusive Jeep Talk Show promo code. At checkout, just enter JTS18-1. That's JTS18-1, and you'll get the exclusive discount. Promo code is not valid with any other offer, discount, or promotion and is only good to the end of June. Visit Tom Woods Custom Drive Shafts today. Just go to www.4xshaft.com. And they've opened up an online store, folks. And just go to 4xshaft.com slash shop, and you can order straight from their site. Now, I'll take a minute to tell you guys about Route 16 Off-Road. They bring you the best gear from the best brands in the off-road community all in one place. From Power Tank to KC Highlights, from Nitro to Crazy Beaver, they've got Poison Spider, Rugged Ridge, Factor 55, Yukon, Rubicon Express, Warren, Tuffy, and many more names that you'll definitely recognize. As a community-focused brand, they sponsor some great events, clubs, and organizations, from the Uwari OHV Jamboree to the Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam, from the Carolina Trails Off-Road Uwari Invasion to the Marine Recon Challenge. How about Top Sail Island Jeep Week and the 36 Hours of Uwari Adventure Race? Team True Patriot. Chances are they're going to be at an event that you're at this year. So make sure that you stop by and say hi or even order your next parts right on the spot in their web orders tent. You can find Route 16 Off-Road on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even Pinterest. Or just head over to their website at Route16.com. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com. Route 16 Off-Road. They live the Jeep life too. Hey guys. Super Croc here again. So, yeah that time again, I have to rant about something wrong with the way the XJ and I'm assuming other Jeep models my same similar year and make have as well. And this in this case, it's those stupid e-torques, external torques, bolts, at like 1 o'clock and 11 o'clock approximately on the transmission. I mean, okay, fine. E-Torques may be great for like E14 and above, but when it's E12, I mean, okay, yeah, if everyone who puts them, takes them on and off puts them on perfectly, great, right? But you get one person who starts to strip them out, and they start to strip the heads, and then you can't get them out. 
what's supposed to be an easy job, air quotes, of swapping the transmission turns into a job where you are hunting for different tools to remove the bolt and buying three different removal type bolts or tools. <sighs> Jeeps, you gotta love them, right? So pro tip to anyone else is changing out their AW4 on the Jeep XJs, or I guess the YJ as well, I believe, maybe? Replace those with hex bolts. You'll thank yourself later. Alright, y'all have a great day. Yeah, what Croc is talking about there are those external Torx bolts. They are a pain in the butt, and they're thankfully not in too many places around our Jeeps, but many people do confuse them with a 12-point socket or a 12-point hex head, uh, which you would use a 12-point socket on. Now, those are found all around the Jeep, and if you try to use that socket on an e-Torx bolt, you're going to do exactly what Croc was talking about the previous owner doing, and you're going to strip that bolt out without backing it out far enough or at all even. And uh, then you're in a world of hurt, or you leave the next owner of that vehicle uh, a very nasty surprise, which is what sounds like su what's happened to Super Croc there. So, uh, Croc, uh, I feel for you, bud. Uh, that definitely sucks. Uh, there is a tool out there that would have made your life a whole lot easier versus trying to track down different extraction tools and whatnot. And it is a single socket that works for multiple types of head bolts. And... Um, or multiple types of bolt heads. Uh, you might have seen them on TV and whatnot. It might even be in the As Seen on TV section of your local hardware store or whatnot. But this socket has a bunch of little pogo pins inside of it. And those pins sort of conform and wrap around the profiles of the head of whatever bolt or screw that you're trying to remove. And really is sort of a universal socket, if you will. Now, they don't work on everything, but they are a great alternative to, well, geez, I need to go down to the grocery, you know, the grocery store, the hardware store and go buy a new socket set or a special order e-torque set because you're not going to find those in every hardware store. So you know, it's one of those things to where you might want to add that to your toolbox. They're relatively cheap and they'll definitely work for these sort of things. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever have answers. Oh, that's good, because I just... I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Well, speaking of tech and getting into that sort of stuff, we're going to get into a little bit of the Grand Cherokee stuff. Now, we talked about some bad news with the Grand Cherokees at the top of the show, but we're going to go back a few years and get into the WJs. So, imagine this. There you are. The Jeep is all loaded up with your pets, dogs, whatever, a canoe, camping gear, the wife or girlfriend, hopefully not both, and all of the other stuff needed for your off-road adventure. You're at the destination, driving down the trail with your sway bar disconnected on your coil-sprung Jeep. You hit a seriously twisty section. You're way off camber, totally flexed out. When you hear the telltale, boing, pop, clankety-clang-clang-clang, and all of a sudden your Jeep is leaned awkwardly to one side. And it's not because of the terrain. Your spring just fell out. Now, I've seen this happen a couple times on the front of XJ Cherokees, and even on rare occasions, the front and rear of TJs, JKs, and a few ZJs here and there. But it seems to happen the most to lifted Grand Cherokee WJs. So, what do you do now? Your Jeep is leaning uncomfortably to one side, and your coil is laying in the dirt taking a nap. This is not the time for slipping on the job, Mr. Spring. It sucks. But it's a fairly easy fix, if you know what you're doing. And I'll do my best to guide you through a few ways to get your Jeep going again with all four springs where they need to be. 
Now, usually Jeep coils are retained by an upper stem, where we usually find a portion of the suspension that limits up travel, typically referred to as the bump stop. Now, on the opposite end, the lower side of the spring, the part that's resting on the axle, usually has a clamp of some kind, often referred to as a spring retainer. Now, if the lower clamp is missing, or if your Jeep does not have an upper stem, like on the 99-2004 Grand Cherokee WJs, well, the spring can fall out a lot more easily. Now, before we talk about tools, jacks, angles, and all that sort of stuff, let's talk about the most simple, fastest fix for this. The best thing to do is to simply back up to where the spring fell out. Most likely, you can get the Jeep into a close enough position to duplicate the conditions that caused the spring to fall out to begin with. Once in position, the suspension will flex back open, and you or a spotter can simply pop the coil back into place. If that doesn't work or it involves putting the Jeep into a position where it's not safely balanced, like on the side of a hill where the Jeep is leaned over to one side or you're in such an off-camera position that things are kind of tippy, well, then you'll need to safely and slowly navigate down to a flat or at least a flatter spot on the trail. And you'll need to get out some tools. Using a high-lift jack, lift up the side of the Jeep where the spring fell out until you can put it back into position. This procedure may require you to get down to a level spot or at least a more level spot to do this safely. Now, using the rock sliders or the, or the bumper of the Jeep, lift the corner up that needs the spring. Raise it up high enough to where that corner is at full droop, meaning the suspension has no more downward travel. This will open up the suspension and you can just pop that spring right back into place. Now, obviously, this is going to be a lot easier and safer with some help. And let's face it, you probably shouldn't have been wheeling on terrain like that alone to begin with. Now, there is a chance that you won't be able to get the Jeep to flex quite enough to get the coil back into place. The angles may not be perfect. Maybe the body's not twisting up enough. You may not have enough jack, or it could just be the sun was in your eyes. Now, if you can't get back to the spot on the trail and a high lift jack is nowhere to be found, then you're going to have to get that Jeep to flex somehow. And that typically will involve an obstacle of some kind. Stacking rocks, logs, Toyota parts, your buddy's front wheels and tires, whatever you can find, you got to create a large enough mound in the front of the rear tire of the same side as the missing spring. This is going to have to be large enough to flex out the suspension, but not impossible to crawl up on or so tall that you end up flopping. I know we're, we're talking about a Goldilocks moment here, but if it is just right, You'll be able to drive the rear wheel up onto that mount, flex out the front suspension, and get that spring back into place. Now, once the coil is back into place, you need to reattach your sway bar. This is going to limit flex and keep the springs from falling out for the rest of the day. Now, once you get back home, you will need to address the problem once and for all and add a lower retaining clip, a limiting strap to keep from overflexing. <laughs> I know, as if there is such a thing, right? Or at least an upper stem to the suspension so that the spring won't fall out on the trail next time. Regardless of how you go about doing this fix, out on the trail, this is an issue that needs to be addressed before you end up being that guy that holds up the whole group. Now, we're all in this, in this together, and Jeepers help each other out. That's just what we do. But if you want to do a little bit of preventative modification, well, you can address this spring retention issue before you hit the trails next time. And it's an easy mod, too, really. Morris 4x4 Center has an aftermarket solution for under $20. Four-wheel parts or four-wheel drive hardware has a Crown Automotive OEM-style clip for less than 10 bucks. But if you need something with, uh, well, I don't know, way more cool factor to it, then check out the WJ Coil Spring Retainer Kit from friend of the show, Iron Man Andy, at IronMan4x4Fab.com. Yes, it's a little more expensive than the other options, but it definitely adds something to the front suspension that gives you a little something else to talk about around the campfire. 
And if nothing else, well, at least now you're better informed and at least better educated as to how to help out the guy on the trail who's in front of you who just lost that spring. How about a, uh, a strong limb on a tree and a winch and just lift the, uh, the Jeep up off the ground? <laughs> uh, who was it that says, uh, g- give, me a, give me a lever long enough and yeah. a fulcrum to put it on and I can move the mountains or world or something like that? Yeah, I know there's a, there's a literary expert out there that's going, <laughs> I, it's said like this, you idiot. I'm joking because we'd be seeing uh, angry pictures of a limb on top of your, uh, your Jeep uh, more than All likely. Right. So now, I don't know if you guys have, have seen this out on the trails yourself or, um, uh, Tammy, I, I'm, I haven't heard you uh, express anything like this happening to you or at least anybody who you've wheeled with, but uh, uh, you guys can see how this sort of stuff can happen. You guys have seen vehicles flex out really big out on the trails and, you know, just open up those wheel wells. You see all of that suspension work, you know, all happening and stuff like that. That's very easy when you start getting off camber, um, you know, a bolt comes loose and all of a sudden, you know, that spring retain that spring retainer is no longer there. Right. And in an off camber situation, well, that spring goes bouncing down the hill. Well, the spring retainer actually, uh, you could hold the, it may hold the bottom of the coil in, but the top of the coil might be pointed, uh, back home. Uh, yeah, that's right. Good point, Tony. Good point. So your, your spring may be there. You may look, you may be looking around for it and go, oh, there it is. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if that would make it any easier to put on, but certainly you wouldn't have to worry about uh, finding the hardware. Now, this is a really cool subject to do some research on if you are a Grand Cherokee owner that uh, does a fair amount of extreme wheeling. Um, there's a bunch of cool stuff out there, if you haven't already discovered this, that kind of falls into this category. And there's some companies out there that make some really cool fabricator-type solutions as well. So if you're into cutting metal, if you're into welding, and you have the ability to do that sort of stuff, man, there are some sweet options out there for you that can really upgrade your WJ suspension. So have you run across that, Tammy? Have you ever seen somebody lose their spring? Well, actually, um, it, and uh, I don't think it was because he flexed out too much. It was because he had, um, God, what was it? He had a six-inch lift, and the springs were meant for... Oh, no. Like a four-inch uh, or something? Yeah, and he yeah, and we were actually... Like. Yeah, we were in Uwari, and I actually have video of it where it popped out on the rear um the rear driver's side and all he did was he just popped it back in and i'm like what are you doing and he was <laughs> oh, i'm just putting this back real yeah. quick don't mind me hey no know, attention yeah, to yeah. the spring behind the curtain <laughs> yeah a bunch of the guys were pushing on the jeep and stuff and he said it's because he i'm, I'm pretty sure he said it was because it was a six inch lift and the springs he had wasn't meant for that so if if he flexes really a certain way at like maximum flex it's going to pop out but that's the only <laughs> yeah, time is. i've ever seen it and that that was kind of an odd ball situation that is strange <laughs> yeah it sounds like he had a certain amount of suspension lift and a lot more body lift it's, there yeah. it sounds right. like he had a certain amount of money and it did not include <laughs> <laughs> buying the right size coils right. hey we've all been there we've oh, all I know. been there I'm not. I'm not talking bad about anybody. I just think it's funny because we all do that. But the need to wheel was more important. I'll right. just, I'll just shove though? the spring back in. I gotta get out. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, as long as you don't get out the ratchet straps, unless it's an extreme emergency, guys, make sure you guys are, are addressing your, your suspension and, and any kinds of uh, technical problems that you have. Well, take care of them before you hit the trail. And if you have anything to add to this conversation or any one of the topics that we've covered on Tech Talk, well, be sure to let us know. If you have a question for Tech Talk, we love to address those. I love answering people's, people's questions, guys. So if you have an idea, you have something you're stuck on, or you have something you just always wondered about your Jeep, well, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out a way all the ways that you can send us a message where do you listen to the jeep talk show what are you talking about man where do you listen to the jeep talk show i got no idea what the heck where do you listen to the jeep talk show at get out of my face yo hey where do you listen to the jeep talk show at underwater hey where do you listen to the jeep talk show at in the bubble bath where do you listen to the jeep talk show at no clue and where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at JeepTalkShow.com. You sound younger in that promo, Josh. Yeah, it's funny because I was actually thinking that same thing. <laughs> was, who's that young? Who's that young buck there in the top of that uh, top of that that promo there? Yeah, no, I do sound a little bit uh, a little bit younger there, but uh, that was a few years back. <laughs> I forgot, man. We've been doing this show for a while now. It's a, a long, kind of while. funny, you know. You get some water under the bridge, and it's like, God, that was well, that was two or three years ago. Yep, Holy yep. cow, time flies. <laughs> From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, guys and girls, we have a, a very special guest tonight, one that uh, Teresa Loomis actually uh, worked out for us today. This is the, the, the final hour and the 12th hour, I think they say, because uh, our, our regular guest uh, canceled on us today. Unfortunately, they uh, had a family issue and they had to attend to that. Uh, but uh, Pete Soren, you know him as Pistol Pete Soren, uh, agreed to join us. And my God, uh, Pete, you're actually in Hawaii and you made time to be on this little dinky podcast. Thank you for being with us. Hey, I'm honored to be on uh, the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, I've been waiting for you guys to call me, and and you never have. I'm a little, I'm a little butt hurt, but I'm out here in Hawaii with my family and uh, enjoying the sunshine and waves. But uh, taking a little break here to be on your Jeep Show. Now, Pete, with everything that you've done and uh, all the things that you continue to do, uh, winning on Baja and etc., the most important question I can ask you is: Where did you get the name, uh, the nickname Pistol Pete? Oh, that's a it's kind of a short story. I was, uh, I started racing with my buddy Cameron and, uh, and he knew about my past. And, uh, uh, when I was in the adult film industry, I was known as a six shooter. But, uh, when, when, when we got to desert racing, that didn't fit on the visor of the truck. So he, he shortened it to pistol for me. So that's where the pistol Pete Thorne came from. <laughs> so I hear that's a real uh, a real treadmill that you have to uh, get on there. You know, it was funny. A few years ago, I was uh, getting some uh, some work done on my Jeep, and uh, the mechanic I know him real well, family uh, friend of the family, and he was talking about his uh, his coworker there, one of his employees being a uh, fluffer, and I didn't know what the hell a fluffer was, so I had to ask him what a fluffer was. So, uh, did you have your own personal fluffer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't need one. I didn't need one. <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell, okay, Tammy, your turn. Uh, I was just going to say, so Pete, for some people who may not have heard of Pistol Pete, what what are you 
you know, famous for what, it, you know, what? <laughs> why are you here, Pete? I'm really, yeah. I'm really, I would say I'm, I would say I'm not famous, but, uh, I've been, uh, I'm in a small pond called the off-road desert racing world. And I race trophy trucks, which is the top of the heap, uh, of race vehicles in desert racing for about 10 years. And I, uh, it's a super expensive sport, and I was the super low budget guy. So I, I and I went really fast and liked to smash the rich kids, and <laughs> I was kind of popular with the regular people. Or or ninety eight percent of the off road crowd is blue collar. So right. I kind of that's where I'm from, and that's where people know me from: racing trophy well, trucks in the desert. Well, I would have to disagree with you about being famous because I just googled your name and. You are Pistol Pete Soren celebrity and TV guy. So, yeah. Well, I'm also I'm also known for someone that has a hard time biting his tongue. So, uh, <laughs> uh, people tend to remember me, and uh, maybe some of there's a couple people that don't like me, but not uh, not very many people that actually met me don't like me. It's just uh I have a different internet persona because I don't take no shit from nobody. Yep. And uh, I race kind of the same way. So I kind of have a reputation. And uh, that's kind of how I got uh, this new gig on the TV show, Truck Night in America. Uh, they called me up about a year and a half ago and said, hey, are you interested in maybe being a host on a TV show? So I said, uh, <laughs> who's doing the show? And they, they told me it was History Channel. And, uh, you know, I know that's Disney, so they got all the money. So I, uh, I said, yeah, I'll do a Skype interview. And the, two days later, they said, uh, can you come and do the show? And wow. uh, that's where it all began. And then we uh, made the first season. So um, I'm getting a little more well-known on Thursday nights at 10 o'clock. Oh, I bet. Because, uh, you know, so many people watch television and the uh, Truck Nights in America has uh, turned out to be a very popular show. Uh, I think probably for the same reason uh, that you were talking about the the blue collar workers uh, loving you out there uh, on the desert racing, uh, you're seeing the same thing uh, on Truck Night with America with these uh, Truck Night in America with all these uh, folks coming in with their uh, their built vehicles. Now you you mentioned Truck Night in America. I heard a rumor that because so many Jeeps actually have won uh, on the first season, they're actually thinking about removing the truck name and replacing it with Jeep. So it'll be Jeep Night in America. Uh, any any truth to that rumor, Pete? The way the first season went down, it wouldn't surprise me. The Jeeps <laughs> did really well. You know, Jeeps are one of the vehicles that are basically most built for off-roading right off the showroom floor, and they fit fit in really well uh, on a lot of our challenges. So uh, the Jeeps did good. The Jeeps did really good. There's a lot of people that are into Jeeps, and they like working on them at home, and they like building themselves, and that's kind of a the blue collar people are the majority of our show. And so are my other hosts. They're the same kind of blue collar guys. So I, I think we have a good mix and it came across on, on screen and we have quite a following. People love the show. I know the ratings were, the ratings were good, but they weren't excellent. It's because I think we had the late time slot at 10 o'clock and most of our viewership DVRs it. So it's hard to it's hard to judge how how right. popular the show really is. 
Yeah, that's, that's true, because uh, I know that we do the show uh, about the time uh, that we're still doing the show when it would come on, when it was the, the season's done now, but uh, when it would come on, we'd be doing the show. So I would actually uh, have to uh, get done with the show and I'd go downstairs and, and pull it up on the DVR and, uh, you know, see uh, which Jeep was going to win. So uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Now, were you surprised that it was History Channel doing that? I remember seeing that uh, advertisement and I thought, History Channel, that's not what I would expect. Hey, that's the first thing I said. I, I get I get calls really fairly often about doing different projects. So the first thing when they told me it's History Channel, I did a little research myself, and I came back to them and I said, "Hey, you don't do any vehicle shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not your gig." And they said, "Well, History did a survey, and so many of their uh, patrons that watch History Channel have four wheel drives, and they said, "Hey, we want to do a truck show." And huh. that's where it began a couple of years ago. And they, you know, they research stuff and, and it's a big commitment to try to put on a new show like this. Cause this is an expensive show to make. We have a, a hell of a set and we have a huge crew on set. We have like 75 cameras rolling at all times. Uh, we have more than a hundred people on the set every day. It's a big deal. And it was a big commitment for history channel and to make it work. Uh, it took a lot, and now it's successful. They're they're showing it all over the History Channel uh, stations all over the world. So it, it's it's doing very well. So you mentioned about uh, the late time slot. Have you heard anything about maybe the uh, season two? Maybe they're going to uh, monkey that around a little bit. Maybe uh, give you a little bit better time slot. I uh, I got an email saying we're doing a season two, and I haven't heard much back uh, since then. So maybe I'm fired. I don't even know. <laughs> but uh, they say we're doing season two, and they're uh, they're going to start airing it possibly in October. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna be shooting it, and uh, they're gonna start editing right away, so they can get the, they can get new shows on in October. Is what I'm thinking. Uh, don't hold me to that. Obviously I'm not an executive and I don't edit. I just, uh, I do my part to try to make it entertaining. And like I said, I haven't got a call lately. So maybe, maybe they fired me and they're hiring you, Tony, or, or maybe Tammy. <laughs> it would definitely be Tammy. Tammy just yeah. gets really excited about everything. So, uh, you know, I would be surprised, uh, that, uh, if they let anybody go, uh, because it's such a family atmosphere. I was, uh, you can tell that on the show. And I think I actually, when we interviewed Bender, uh, he, he echoed that same uh, sentiment that it was such a family type thing. I had no idea that the, the crew was so big that there was so much and, and that so many uh, thousands of hours of footage is, uh, is a shot. And we only see that little bit that is, uh, edited in for the main show. Uh, so I doubt very seriously. It's amazing because we have, it's only about a 46 or 47 minute show. And, uh, yeah, they shoot 40,000 hours of footage per show or something. It's crazy. And they have to sift through it and pick out the best stuff. And I know everybody wants, Hey, we want the show to be rock crawling. We want the show to be this. And why don't we talk to the people more? And why don't we tear apart a rear end and put it back together? And I'm like, Hey, we only have 46 minutes and we have to give away 10 grand at the end. So we don't have a whole lot of time. Everything's got to move pretty fast. What is your favorite part about doing that show? My favorite part uh, is the challenges are exciting to us, me and the other hosts, you know, and the rest of the stuff, I mean, we're at a set where it's 95 degrees and 95% humidity, and it's 
it's not the, the funnest place to hang out. We're in a swamp. <laughs> and, you know, they say, uh, we say we have alligators and snakes. Hey, I've seen the alligators in the pond. The pond we have the boats in, that we pull the boats out of, there's two alligators in there. I've seen them. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it, wow. it's for real down there. Uh, my favorite part of the show is the balance beams because we as hosts are so into it. And it's, it's, it's us and our teammate really doing it. The other challenge is we can give them advice, but we can't help them drive. We can't do very much. And the right. part where we're, we're, me, where I'm involved, I like that one the best. Right. So do and I'm good and I'm good at it, and I kick all the other hosts' ass. <laughs> and that right. part's pretty cool too. I, I was just gonna say that's gonna kill you though, be, being an observer. I was just like, yeah, get out of the way. I want to do this. I know. <laughs> oh, you does, can't. Does have- you can't imagine. There's so many. If you go back and watch all the shows, there's so many of my uh, my contestants that should have won, <laughs> and I'm just like, God, if they would have just let me drive, yep. I would have won them the right. ten grand. <laughs> uh, I'm so sure they'd be fine was, with that. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you. Are you ever like surprised about you know you think oh this person's going to win this challenge and they don't? I so oh, you just it, every like, time you watch. <laughs> I'm telling you, my contestants were I I pick good ones and I tell them what to do and then oh my god they they, they I don't I don't think they understand the ten thousand dollar part. I get very right. frustrated because I'm like this is a race. Let's race. Let's try to win. And they're just, you know, it's just different. Some people are not as competitive as other people. And people ask me, why didn't you have your guy do this and this? And I said, you know, I can't make somebody a badass in 24 hours. Right. If they, if right. they don't have it in them, there's nothing I can do. I tried. Do, do you think maybe they're afraid of doing damage to their vehicle or they're just not motivated? I I. I don't, it's, it's a little of both, maybe. I don't know. Most of them, their vehicles got trailered or hauled there. And right. if I remember right, very small percentage of the vehicles that won the $10,000 were even worth near, anywhere near $10,000. Oh, wow. So that made it like, you know what? Why wouldn't they be going for it in this $2,500 Jeep with the chance to win ten grand? Right. You know? Right. I, I, but I don't know. It's, you, you, when we pick our contestant, we really don't know how good of driver or, you know, how well they know their vehicle. We don't know too much about them. I mean, we don't get to meet them. What you see on TV is pretty much when we get in the circle and we get to pick our driver, we get that five minutes talking to them and that's it. We have to huh. pick from that and how well they did in the first right. round. And that's all we see. We don't get to talk to them before. We don't get to, you know, see who's who and if they're real competitors. You know, it's just, it's different. What I see too is if people were competitors in any kind of sport, if they played high school football or they ran track or they played baseball, any of those people, at least they're ready to go when we wave the green flag. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that are just, they're not, they're not ready when they say go, you know, it's it's just different. Well, with all those cameras that they're set up uh, in in your vehicle, and I, I would imagine the majority of them don't wear helmets. Uh, usually, whenever they're off road uh, doing off road stuff, I, I would imagine it's pretty intimidating. I mean, they know they're going to be on a big show. They know that they're going up against these other folks, and some of those rigs, uh, especially that uh, that big Dodge, would had like two thousand horsepower or something. A few shows, a few episodes back, uh, that thing was pretty intimidating uh, uh, as well. I so. agree, but but the guy, but the guy, to be honest, the guy couldn't drive. He was afraid. And I'm like, 
And and you know what the guy the guy was a bodyguard for a living. And oh I'm like, wow! What are you afraid of? You're supposed to be stopping bullets for people. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I get I get a little I get a little surprised at some of them. But uh, what's cool about the show is that anybody could win any show. Mm-hmm. Anybody right. could have won, and that's what makes it cool. We tried to lump them together as closely as we can, uh, you know, performance wise. And I think season two is going to be way better because we have a way larger assortment of people that applied. We have thousands and thousands oh, of applicants where the first season we didn't have that. Yeah. Now you, you're talking about having that uh, that killer instinct out there on the on in, in the events. Uh, you had to have been surprised whenever Teresa Loomis. Uh, launched that beautiful orange Scout to 50 feet, uh, no, 60 feet in the air. <laughs> well, what you don't know is that was the first episode, the first scene we ever did on the show. The first, that was the first thing that happened. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> what have we gotten into? You know, that, that was the open. I know that, that, that we showed that as, as uh, episode 10, yeah. but that was the very first episode. That was the very first challenge we did was Teresa Loomis flying through the air in the scout <laughs> and smashing it and catching on fire. And me and the other hosts are running down there and the, and the people on the show are trying to tackle us and they're like, no, 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 it's on fire. Don't go down there. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> Should have put it so out. It was, it, was, it was really exciting. And that was the very first thing we did, the making the show. <laughs> it's like somebody protect the talent. Don't don't let the talent get hurt. <laughs> yeah, no, they're all worried about us getting hurt. And I'm like, don't worry about us. We're all we all have calluses and we all know how to turn wrenches and we all work yeah. for a living. We're we're not your typical uh, you know, Hollywood star. Right. Oh, professionals here that had to have just been incredible i mean i know you've seen a lot of things you've been involved in a lot of things uh but just to see a contestant comes come off the street you, you've just seen him for the first time and then to launch in the air like that i i just felt so bad for her but boy what a great shot right but one thing too is the contestants for round one they don't know what they're doing they don't know what's going on we take them up to the start line. They park. They get to walk the course, which they don't show you on TV. Oh, that's great. We, uh, me and the other host demanded that they are allowed to walk the course first. Good. So they got to see everything, and then they get the green flag. So they're a little bit pumped up. You know, some of them haven't competed before, and uh, they're thrown in the mix. And, and it's obviously exciting, but that's uh, that's that's what's cool about the show. It's, it's everybody and anybody in their own home-built rig trying to win 10 grand. Yeah, I think I would love to participate, but I'm going to have to wait till I pay my Jeep off because my Jeep is <laughs> definitely worth more than ten grand. No, you don't. You don't. Just don't. Just don't jump it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> all you have, you know, all, you only have to not be last on the first round, and that's what some people forget. They think they right. have to win. They don't. They just don't. You don't want to be fifth. If you if you're fifth, you're out. So you just right. want to be fourth or better. Remember my guy uh, Matt. Matt with a bandana, and I had to put on a bandana when I saw him wearing that. Uh, <laughs> Matt was fourth. Matt was fourth on the first round. Just kind of cruised, cruised to the finish of round one, and he went on to win the ten thousand bucks. So huh. I mean, you don't have to win the first challenge to move on, but uh, it definitely makes it exciting. 
Now, I tell you the one I was really disappointed uh, with was uh, Greg Henderson. I've spoken with Greg about being on the show. We're going to get him here as a guest here real soon. But, boy, I was looking forward to I believe it was a Jeep Brute that he uh, he took out there. And I was so disappointed that that thing died on him uh, halfway on the uh, the first obstacle. You know, and that's uh, that that the, the whiteout, we call it, with the Kalen, with the jumps and the mud and the water. Uh, that one took out a few good rigs on round one. So, uh, and a lot of people, they don't have the wipers on, so they couldn't see after they hit the first mud hole. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just, uh, I think people are going to be a lot more prepared next season because they're, they're all, all, everyone that applied obviously has seen the show. So they got an idea of what they're getting into. I think they'll be better prepared. Yeah. That guy, uh, Greg Henderson, it was, uh, it got flooded out in the water and boom, it was over for him. And he had a, he had a good looking Jeep. And I think you would have done well, but you got to get past round one. Oh yeah, that's the that's the thing. It's uh, and who came up with the idea of uh, just telling people to to haul ass? You know, if they when they lose, sorry you didn't make it, find your own way out type thing. I, th- I thought that was uh, uh, very uh, off roadish. Ah, uh, that's kind of the. We do have kind of a script that we sort of follow. Um, we try not to hurt people's feelings, but you know, <laughs> it, when you're out, you're out. I know a lot of people want. Hey, we want all the competitors to do all the things, and then we'll have a point system and data. I'm like, no, that's not it. This is a knockout thing, and if you lose, you're out. Yeah, that's that's how it works. So it's not a it, this ain't t-ball where everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> yeah, I was no thinking the same thing. And one person gets a trophy at the end. They get ten grand. Yeah, it's exactly right. Get out there perform. If you can't perform, uh, go home and uh, come back if you uh, if you get those uh, webos in order. Um, so uh, the, <laughs> the I want to switch you back a little bit to the Baja racing. One of the things I've never understood is I know I know that once you get the vehicle moving forward, it wants to go forward. But how do you steer the damn thing? Because to me, ninety percent of it looks like it's the luck of the trail. I mean, I know it's experience and everything, but I don't know how you keep it going straight. In the in the desert trucks, yes. Well, you'll have to come down and try it, man. Uh, a trophy truck at a hundred miles an hour across three foot bumps—it's uh, something you have to experience. Absolutely. And you just try to keep it between the bushes when you're <laughs> when you're going through the San Felipe whoops at a hundred to one hundred ten miles an hour, and the bumps are three feet tall, and you are just basically skipping across the top and trying to keep the truck straight. That's what and, I'm talking uh, about. How? How do you keep it straight? Well, <laughs> there is no way I could do that. I would be dropping the f bombs left and right. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no. As long as I don't have to pay for the vehicle, I'd be happy to give it a try. Well, uh, anytime you want to come do it, uh, come see me at BajaRacingAdventures.com. That's my website for the for the trophy truck rental program. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, anybody can do it. Oh. We teach you how to drive. We do all the pit support for you, and uh, we send you out on the race course, and uh, that's how it works. That's amazing. I didn't even, uh, I forgot all about that. We were going to talk about that. Tell us a little more about the uh, about the Baja racing. How long have you guys been doing that? Well, what happened was, is I started racing my trophy truck. It was a three-seater, and I'd have people ride with me. You could rent a seat. Wow. Can you imagine renting a seat, sitting with Jeff Gordon at the Daytona 500? Yes. I mean, yeah. that's what it was like. I was racing trophy trucks at the top of the heap, and you could rent a ride and ride with me in the three-seater. I had a real navigator on my right side, and I drove from the middle, and I, I sold the seat on the left, 
and it helped pay for the racing. Yeah. Well, what's the next thing somebody wants to do after they ride? They want to drive. So then I built these new trucks called Baja Lights, and we rent those to people and do pit support, and they get a race, any Baja race in uh, America or Mexico. So it's called BajaRacingAdventures.com, and you can get info on there, or you can call me anytime. Uh, my phone number's on there, my email address. Uh, it's for people that want to come live their dream of racing Baja. All you have to do is watch the movie Dust to Glory, and uh, you immediately want to come race Baja and conquer the thousand. That's amazing. What a great idea. Uh, how often is that? That's not a daily thing. How often do you do these runs for these folks? Well, the races are throughout the year. There's about four or five different desert racing series. So you can race any in any month. There's probably two or three different races you can go to. So we, we do every race in America or Mexico. Any race. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm catching up. So it, it they actually go to a race, an active race. This isn't some closed course or anything like that where they can just... No, uh, no I don't do practice. Like, when you go golfing, you want to play the game. You don't want to hit off the tee box. You don't want to hit on the on the driving range. You want to go play your buddies. Mm-hmm. So that's what we only do racing. Yeah, it's an actual race. You enter the race. We do pit support. That's how it works. So how many cars do you have uh, in these races? I mean, you talk about buddies. Do buddies actually get have, out there and rent cars? I have three. I have three different trucks you can rent. I have a trophy truck, and I have two small trophy trucks called Baja Light. You can race in the Class 3000 or Class 7, which is just different classes of desert racing. So uh, don't hurt me here, but give me an idea what it costs to do something like this for, for somebody to, to rent a, a truck. Rent a truck for a race, it goes from $6,000 to $50,000. To race the trophy truck at the Baja 1000 with pit support and race fuel and everything, it's fifty grand. So if you, if you can't answer this, I understand for legal reasons, but it, does the $50,000 come with a hooker? Shut um, we can price that something up. <laughs> Josh has called in. Included. That's not included. <laughs> we do pre-running where you pre-run the entire track. We have some Polaris razors uh-huh. that we have set up for pre-running, and I take a, the, uh, a group of friends and customers on the pre-run like two or three weeks before the race, and we pre-run the whole Baja 1000. And we can do that for people that aren't racing too. So it's kind of like a Baja tour in a, in a four-seat razor. So this would mean that uh, somebody that rented one of your vehicles could actually be in a race uh, racing you. Absolutely right. They'd be racing me for a little while, and then I'd be gone. <laughs> How much fun would it be to just wave at Pete as you drove by in his truck? That would be uh, yeah. that'd be a blast. <laughs> I would there. I would be going like you know fifty miles an hour. <laughs> I'm such a I'm such a weenie when it comes to going fast. Well, Pete, I'm sorry. We're having so much fun talking to you here. I'm not watching the clock, and uh, we're, we've gone over time. So let's let's wrap this thing up. If uh, there was anything that you wanted to make sure people know about social media, any of the rest of that stuff where people can reach out to you, we mentioned uh, the uh, BajaRacingAdventures.com website uh, where you can live your dream driving a, a trophy truck. Uh, is there uh, right, anything you want to let the kids know? That's it, Tony. The BajaRacingAdventures.com. Or I'm on Instagram at Pistol Pete Soren. I'm easy to find there, and I got updates of my Hawaii trip and everything else I do. I put on my Instagram and on my Facebook under Pete Soren. Both of them are public. So if you want to follow me, uh, either one of those is good. And uh, come watch the show, Truck Night in America. 
And if you're going to post about it online, don't post that all the hosts suck. Okay. <laughs> post that we're, we're good looking and we're nice guys. And we really know what we're talking about. Not that we suck and we need to be replaced. I thought you guys did a great job. Actually, I think more interaction with you guys would be would be more fun. But uh, you know, you got to get you, you got to get people what they want. They want to see those right. uh, those four wheel drives going up and over things or uh, or crashing. Pete, thank you again I so much. Most especially of my good stuff. Most of my good stuff ended up on the cutting room floor. But yeah. I think we're gonna have some more freedom on season two, and we'll have more fun on the show. Well, that's if you're not fired. Because we don't know yet. If I'm not fired. If I'm yeah. at, like I said, I haven't heard anything. So <laughs> last thing I heard, we were supposed to start shooting in July, and now I haven't heard anything. So maybe uh, maybe they got somebody new. I don't know. Well, History Channel probably, if they fired you, they probably won't contact you. But if they do, put in a good word for Tammy. I'd love to have uh, Tammy on Truck uh, Night in America. I think that would be yeah. great. <laughs> well, Tammy, if you don't put in your application to be on the show as a contestant, I'm going to be disappointed. See, this, yeah. guy, this guy's going to get you in, Tammy. I know. And we're going to have a, a nine foot by nine foot Jeep talk show sticker made for the uh, for the Jeep so they can blur it out. <laughs> I I think I would be a really funny candidate or because I I can't stop what comes out of my mouth. Well, that's, that's the same out. thing that Donald Trump said, Tammy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Pete, thank you so much for being with us tonight, especially while you're on vacation in Hawaii with your family and uh, all the technical issues that we had getting this thing started that Pete hung in there with us and uh, got it all resolved. Uh, Pete, great guy. Thank you so much for your time. Very interesting interview. Yeah, thank you, Pete. Well, hey, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, if you ever need me again, let me know. Hopefully it'll be at a different time where I'm not (laughs) away from the beach. Definitely. We'd love to have you back on. Thanks again. Oh, I got to give big thanks again out to Pistol Pete for taking the time to talk about his race history and Truck Night in America and all that stuff. Man, really looking forward to season two, guys. Uh, some of the uh, little bit of inside baseball we got about how they're setting things up for next year or next season. I imagine they might even start filming this year. Who knows? But uh, really kind of interesting stuff. I mean, this guy has a ton of stories. We could have gone on for what, Tony, uh, Tammy, another hour oh, easily. with this guy oh, easily. Definitely. <laughs> Now, I'm sorry I missed out on this one, Pete. Uh, Love to have been able to chat with you. And if I ever make it down to your neck of the woods, buddy, I have got to take a spin in one of your trucks. Start saving now. Yeah, seriously, (laughs) no. A little bit out of my price point, but uh, we'll see. That's definitely going to be something on my bucket list. Well, hey, do you guys have an idea for a guest? Maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. It could be you. And I'm really excited about this. Coming up next week, Team G503, who is restoring a 1943 Willys uh, MB Army Jeep. Now, this is just going to be so cool. This is one another one of those deals where uh, he heard about the show and said, hey, I'd like to be on. Talk about Jeep. So uh, this is wonderful whenever uh, we get some great guests uh, calling us. Yeah, and, and these guys are really doing some amazing work. Now, I, I went to a gun show recently out here in the uh, in the Portland, Oregon area, and they I was not expecting this, but they had uh, three different period-correct, fully restored, and one of them was a Navy Willys Jeep that was just immaculate. I mean, you could have eaten off of this thing. Uh, but the other two were, were uh, yeah, 1943, 1944 Willys um, one of them had uh, uh, the full military trailer uh, with a 30 caliber gun and stuff. I mean, th- these things were all completely 
restored and correct and just amazing to see these things these guys are taking this 43 Willys mb army jeep and doing a full resto on it and it's just absolutely stunning you actually tried to eat off that navy jeep and they asked you to leave i they? was <laughs> escorted out uh it was unfortunate i had not finished my purchases yet and i left my nachos on the hood of that uh, on that willy oh, i was I thinking think. pizza nachos yeah nachos were pretty good too <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And, uh, boy, with the show, you guys, last week, you guys gave me a lot of material. Oh, no. But uh, I think I'm going to settle on this one. And, God, I hope Tammy's not here today. Because if she is, I apologize, Tammy. Matter of fact, just, Tammy, if you're there, cover your ears. Tony, you spoke of last week putting your Atlas two-speed in your uh, Jeep the first time it, it was reminded you of when you were 16 years old and had your first sexual experience. Oh, no. Well, some of us had our first sexual experience <laughs> way younger than 16. I think I was uh, 14 when I had mine. And then again, that poor girl. at the age of 32, with an actual person. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was a lot more PG-13 than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Josh, go over there getting nervous. Understand, thought, why, we, I, understand I thought, why we have the the uh, explicit rating. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was going to pick on me. Oh, it's not yeah. always about you, Tammy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, class, it's time for a review. Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Now, what is it and why do I want it? Well, I know I haven't talked about these in quite a while, and I thought I would bring them back because I've had them on my Jeep for, gosh, long time, over three years. And that's my Barricade Rock Sliders that I got from Extreme Terrain. Um, They're now selling for $320, and I think at the time, yeah, I think at the time I actually spent less than that. But anyway, um, these are so important if you're going to take your Jeep off-roading, especially when you're crawling over rocks, because they protect your side of your Jeep and the undercarriage. And it's going back to when I first bought my Jeep and I decided to go off-roading. I wish someone would have told me. I have the Sahara, which has those <laughs> those plastic you know, side I told steps. you. I know. I I wish somebody other than Tony. No, but I wish <laughs> somebody I'd listen I, to. Right. Take those things off if you're going off roading. They are not good for your Jeep. Um, but anyway, these barricade rock sliders are amazing, and I love the noise they make when they go over the rocks because you know they're doing their job, and it's a good noise. Um, but anyway, so going on, they can double as a step as well. I use mine as a step. They're heavy-duty, two-inch tubular stainless steel. They're textured powder coat black, and they are so easy to install. They're bolt-on to the factory bolts, which I did all by myself. Um, actually, I did lift them all by myself. My husband didn't help me on this one. And they fit the 07 to 18 four-door Jeep Wrangler JKs, and they have a three-year limited warranty. And you can find them on Extreme Terrain. 
Um, I love them. They're awesome. And um, I wouldn't trade them for anything. They, well, maybe another Jeep. But um, when you do slide over the rocks, they are, of course, going to scrape the powder coat. But it's just easy. You just, you know, do my whole rust removal treatment. You just, you know, spray them with a little black spray paint because it's underneath them and you're not going to see them. So I love them. Sliders, any kind of rock sliders are going to help protect your Jeep. You guys have an idea for a product review? Just visit our contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear on our next product review. And that's at thejeeptalkshow.com. And coming up in a few minutes, folks, we're in prime time wheeling season. We'll share with you all the places you can go wheeling. Hey, this is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Hey, come out and see me with one of, if not both, of the Garys from the Northwest Jeepcast this weekend only at the grand opening celebration of Four Wheels Parts' newest store in Tigard, Oregon. I'm going to be there uh, pretty much most of the morning and part of the day as well. I think those guys are going to be there all day as well. Uh, Come out, say hi. There's going to be a ton of stuff being given away and uh, maybe even some games, some prizes, and of course, some once-in-a-lifetime sales opportunities. Uh, you guys can work some deals. So if you are in need of some parts and you want to come out and have a good time, we'll come out to Tigard, Oregon for the brand spanking new four-wheel parts store uh, for their grand opening celebration. I'd love to see you and say hi. Hey, coming up June 28th through July 1st, the Northwest Overland Rally. We've told you about this before. Uh, this is a giant expo for, uh, well, pretty much anybody who's into overlanding. That's uh, happening off at Beer Valley Road in Leavenworth, Washington. For more information on this, head over to nwoverlandrally.com. We also have, uh, happening July 6th through the 8th, the second annual Ohio Jeep Fest. This is big, people, at the Ross County Fairgrounds in Chillicote, Ohio. Chillicote, you know where I'm talking about. For more information on this huge event, and I do mean huge, check out OhioJeepFest.com. Uh, happening uh, July 26th through the 29th, towards the end of the month, the 66th annual Jeepers Jamboree. Full, guided, and supported trip through the one and only world-renowned Rubicon Trail. For more information on this bucket list type of Jeep event, everybody, head over to jeepersjamboree.com. Louisiana Wheeling for Warriors happening July 27th through the 29th at the Catahoula Recreation Off-Road Park in Sicily Island, Louisiana. For more information on this, we will have the Facebook link uh, to this ep- uh, to that event in the show notes for the episode of uh, for this episode on jeeptalkshow.com. Uh, happening, uh, we got a little bit of a last-minute submission here. Uh, this one, got to give big thanks out there to Isaac S. for submitting this to us. The 5th Annual Jeep Beach Potluck, happening July 28th, 10 a.m. sharp, everybody, at the beach at Grant Park in South Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, we will have a link to this event as well uh, in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. So, a uh, quick update. I had mentioned uh, about a wheeling event for you folks that are in Texas. Uh, I am uh, not going to wait uh, three or four weeks to get a thing together. I mean, we'll still do it, but uh, I got a I got an atlas that needs to be tested. <laughs> I got drive shafts that need to be tested. So, uh, trying to get something together for June 23rd. That's only about, uh, it's not this weekend, but it's the next weekend for Hidden Falls Adventure Park. That's in Texas, Tejas. Uh, it's about three hours from where I am, and if you are a Texas resident or if you would care to uh, go on an excursion uh, to Texas, more than happy to meet up with you. Uh, I will uh, have you some stickers and uh, a handshake and a uh, hearty get the hell out of my way. 
Uh, so <laughs> especially you would like some uh, some pictures taken uh, so I can get you damn mall crawling SOB calling bastards off my back. But anyway, uh, Hidden Valley uh, Adventure Park, uh, June 23rd. It's not finalized, but that's what we're shooting for. Uh, if you're uh, interested in, in going along, uh, check us out on the Jeep Talk Show page, Jeep Talk Show group there on Facebook, or go to our website, jeeptalkshow.com, and uh, contact us through jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Hey, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Well, shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Hey, folks, and don't forget to follow me along on my Jeep journey at my blog at www.jeepmama.com. Looking for a voice for your product or for your business? Check me out. Professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. That's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, come on, pack it out. And don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about Tread Lightly, well, head over to www.treadlightly.org. You have the right to remain off-road. Anything you crawl can and will likely try to kill you in the outdoors. You have the right to listen to the Jeep Talk Show. If you cannot afford the Jeep Talk Show, one will be downloaded for you. Do you understand the Jeep Talk Show as it has been presented to you? Oh, it's okay. Neither do we. Uh-huh. I've casting since 2010. And is it, uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Soren. Soren, okay. Soren, Pete Soren. And some people call me Pistol Pete Soren. Yeah, I got that down here in the notes. I was going to ask you about the uh, the nickname. Oh, that's a good. You like that story? <laughs> Tammy, you like that? Tammy, you like it too? Uh oh. Uh oh. Exactly. I'm like, uh, I don't know.